Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be hiding out there in the globe today. Coming to you direct from the Brewery Overlook. This is episode 48 of the Rogue's Tavern Talk. And today's show, to survive, you better learn this, because if you don't, you're going to be trapped out there in the wilderness. But I suggest to you that you... Come on in, out of the dark, settle down by the fire... Have a drink and fall down some rabbit holes with us. Absolutely. And we've got quite a few rabbit holes tonight. But first off, you know, before we get to the rabbit holes, because the rabbit holes come in the second half of the show. And uh, first half of the show, we've got some tips for you for canning beans. Deadly canning mistakes you don't want to make. Lost ways of survival. Food items you want to stock up on. And, of course, the deep, dark rabbit holes that will just help you Prepare for what you need to survive in the upcoming calamities of the Grand Solar Minimum. The storm is no longer coming, folks. It's here. It has arrived. And we'll dig deeply into that as we move along through the show tonight. But, of course, our show is not complete without our weekly spiritual reading from the King James Version Bible. This week, we have a reading from Exodus, chapter 13, verse 1 to 22, I believe. Yes. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of the bondage. By, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be eaten. The, this day came ye out into the month of Abib. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee unto the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be any leaven seen with thee or thy quarters, and thou shalt shew thy son on that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the, Lord saw, the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it to thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix." And every firstling that cometh of the beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, 
Then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And it shall be when, they son, when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of hand the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem, and I shall for this I and it shall be for a token upon thy head, and for frontlets between thine eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, Let peradventure for let peradventure the people repent when they see war and when they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from the Succoth, and encamped in the Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Wow. That was a mouthful. Okay, so a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. What's a Hidnite? Um, a Hittite? A Hidnite? I don't know. It's one of the uh, 12 races or the races of the, uh, of the peoples that lived in, uh, in the um, Palestine, Jerusalem era, area, all that. Uh, and what are they referring to when they say matrix? Why are they talking about... The Matrix? Uh, sacrifice leading to a matrix. I don't know. That's what that's what that's what caught my eye about this particular passage was the Matrix. Mentioned twice, by the way. Three times. I, I heard the word matrix three times. I thought I only said it twice. But I, I no, found that fascinating. I you know. find it fascinating that I heard the matrix three times in the passage that talks about sacrifice leading to the matrix and the sacrifice is not only the firstborn of man, but also the firstborn of the beasts that are male. All of them must be male. Why do they all have to be male? Because they always take out the firstborn male for some reason. I don't know. They always hate the males. Firstborn male yeah. sucks to be the firstborn male. It really does. But I'm just, I just, wow, that whole thing really kind of got me thinking that, pretty deep there. Yeah, that's a pretty deep passage. Yeah, it says a lot more than the words initially convey. Mm hmm Yeah, what that passage one, is that? That's Exodus, chapter 13, verse 1 to 22. It's the whole chapter. Chapter 13? Okay, I'm going to have to go research that and dive down that particular rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, that's an interesting rabbit hole. 
Yeah. All right. So we've also got a fun fact today because I've realized I have a fun fact book. I have a standard dictionary of facts. Yeah. It's a book I picked up in a uh, antique store. It is. It was printed in 1916. So these are these are facts from 1916, and they are historical facts of pretty much everything. You got history, literature, language. So every week I'm going to grab something different from here. It's got industry, invention, commerce, all kinds of interesting stuff. But of course the information cuts off at 1916. So this is just over 100 years ago now, 106 years ago. Today's fun fact is California. It comes from the history section, okay. and it's California. The name signifying hot furnace is derived. Really? Yeah, I didn't know California meant hot furnace. <laughs> it makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, well, it makes sense. California is a freaking burning hellhole. <laughs> it's derived from the Spanish, though... It was discovered by Sir Francis Drake in 1578. It was first settled by the Spaniards in 1768 at San Diego. Lower California, however, was settled by the Jesuit missionaries in 1683. Spanish power was overthrown by the Mexican Revolution of 1822. By the Treaty of Peace, which followed the Mexican War, California was ceded to the United States for $15 million. So the United States paid Mexico $15 million for it, for California. That's a lot of money then. It was, in, in, in 1848. Now, the shitty part here is, is that Mexico got screwed because shortly thereafter, um, in 1848, gold was discovered at Sutter's Mill. Yeah, Sutter's Mill. That's the that's the start of the California Gold Rush. Oh, okay. And of course, then it goes on to describe everything about the history in Chinese in California. It's a pretty big pass. We're not going to read it all, but I just thought those little particular facts about California was interesting. Like I didn't know it meant hot furnace. No, me either. I thought that one was a, a interesting little tidbit because I've got this book and I forgot I had it. It's been sitting here for ages. I tried reading it. It was part of my readings when I was doing the Rogues Tavern. Uh, daily Sunday show for a while. I was reading from this book also, along with the Bible. So I think I'll bring in a passage from it every week in different sections, a little bit of history from 1916. I love random things like that. That's just cool. Mm -hmm. I often end up saying I'm a plethora of useless knowledge yeah. because I end up holding on to those acts that don't actually help you move forward in your life. No, they're just... They're just useless pieces of knowledge to stun your friends and make you make them think you're so amazingly smart. Because how do you know this? Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time. Oh, I've got a bit of a rant tonight before we uh, before we get on with uh, talking about uh, our urban garden farming tips and other things. Rant away. All right. Well, we here on the island and other parts of BC, this past week, got a small taste of what a SHTF scenario is gonna be. Yeah. This past week here in BC, 
we got what's been called a once in 500 year storm. Um, I'd say myself, it's more like a once in a hundred or a once in a 60 year storm, but they're saying it's a once in a 500 year storm. All right, we'll go with that. It dropped over 105 mil, uh, millimeters of rain, which is about a foot and a half of a water over the course of 24 to 48 hours. Now, this is the other thing that happened was that our snow level was pretty low at the time this storm started. Our snow level was down to about 350 meters. Well, this storm brought the snow level back up to about 450, 500 meters. So we had 100 meters of snowpack that had started that melted with this rainwater. So it caused massive flooding all over the western half of BC. And it literally cut off the west coast from the rest of Canada through our major roads. Every one of the major roads leading out of BC was cut off. They've only just this past week opened up one or two of those roads. Our biggest main highway is cut off for at least four or five months, probably six months to a year, because the flooding took out bridges, major chunks of bridges. Now, that wasn't the other thing. The island here, we also found out what it's like to lose our major, thoroughway, our, our major highway, highway between the North and South Island. And here on the South Island, people had forgotten that virtually everything on the South Island, our gas, our groceries, everything, comes from the north half of the island, which doesn't always make sense because the population's all down here at the South Island. But the deep water port that all that stuff arrives to for the island is located in the north half of the island. So all the shit is shipped around up to the north, which absolutely makes no fucking sense when you look at a map to see how much further ships have to go to drop that shit off and then drive it down island when we could have a deep water port at the south half of the island and drop it all off here. Why do you think they did that? Not in my backyard. We don't, we, we, we don't want the port here in Victoria. It'd be horrible. It, it would be bad for tourism and all that stuff. Yes. It, yes, that's the one. That's the one that all cruise ships come to now. Oh. Okay. Ogden Point used to be our deep water port. Well, they, since our tourism business It would make sense for them to turn it into a deep water port again, but they're never going to do that. You know what's funny though? Hmm. All that shit, it made way more money, like all right, now, the other thing that happens here, we found out what it's like. Me, I didn't have to worry because I was already set, but it was entertaining to watch all the fools at the gas station. Oh, yeah, that was actually interesting. In, in, less than, in less than 12 hours, the people here in the Victoria area drained every gas station of gas. You know, there was no gas left. And they couldn't get tankers down from up island because the, the highway was closed. Yeah. In some stores across Victoria area, there was panic, there was panic shopping and they were stripping the shells bare. Mm -hmm. Of all the wrong stuff, too. Always the wrong stuff. That's what's really so, made, uh, so funny about it. It's always the wrong stuff. So, 
what that told me, though, is I looked at my overall uh, preparedness and I realized, okay, I've got a couple of minor holes that weren't fully plugged yet. They weren't gone, but, you know, they weren't a problem, but I didn't have enough extra. So I, I'm, I'm rectifying that situation. But what the lessons that came from this was you need to be prepared, folks, because you don't know what's coming. It could be just something simple as a 48-hour rainstorm that fucks your life up. And you watch everyone around you panic, and the best thing you can do is you can look at it and go, yeah, I'll just sit back here on my pile of toilet paper, and I'm good. You know? So it's like, you know, you just got to sit back and you got to be able to sit back and relax and not go, oh my God, what am I missing? What am I, what I don't have? Oh my God, I, I haven't filled my tank in weeks and I'm down to like a less than a quarter tank of gas. I better go pump up with gas. And see, that's the problem is that the vast majority of the people at that gas station were those people. They're like, oh, I've got a less than a quarter tank of gas. I'll just fill up with gas in the morning on my way to work. I'll pump my usual $10 a day into the tank. No, no, no. You need to keep your tank full. If it gets down towards half a tank, you fill it up. Although it's not possible here right now in in British Columbia because they've... No, there's, there's a ban. You can't get more than $50 at a time. It's not a ban. It's a restriction. They have, they have restricted gas to 30 liters of gas, and that's 50 bucks. For those of you Americans that might tune into this, that 30 liters of gas is only six gallons of gas for 50 bucks. You do the math on how much we're paying for gas. <laughs> yeah. You know, 30 liters, because it's four liters. It's four, actually, I think that's seven. Let's see, 30, 30 divided by four is 7.5. It's 7.5 gallons of gas for 50 bucks. That's not much better than six, man. 7.5 is, that's six, that's even funnier, $6.66 a gallon. <laughs> yep. We're pay- California prices. Oh, you're not even, you're not even, you didn't hear the number, man. What? Okay, say it again. $6.66 a gallon. Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> no, it, it actually, it actually works out even funnier than that. On my calculator, it works out to 6.66666666666. We're paying the devil's premium for gasoline right now <laughs> per gallon. Per gallon, we're paying the devil's premium for gasoline. <laughs> yeah, that, that works out really well. I love it. <laughs> I find that just hilarious. When I did that, I went, well, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're paying $6. Well, we've been paying $6.66 a gallon for a while because it's been around $1.57 a liter for the oh, last couple of months. It went up around Thanksgiving. Well, they had to put it back down because the government told them they weren't allowed to raise the price right now. I actually, I actually got premium gas at a, at, a, at, at a regular price the other day. Really? Gas station was at a regular, so they were selling the premium at the regular price. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like, this is honestly the first time that my truck has been less than half, but yeah. that's because the move, right? People yeah. People pay attention to things like that when we move, but even, like, I managed to go and get my 50 bucks of gas, yep. and now my tank is back to its usual place, which is up some, the, the needle is somewhere within the first quarter. That's where it should be. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, everyone was freaking out. We needed eggs and milk, and that was it. And hmm. also, you know, kids wanted ice cream, so we went, we got eggs, we got milk, and it was amazing, the craziness. And 
Uh, I believe that we actually have been thanked a couple of times now mm-hmm. by the cashier because I don't. I guess we were just good people. No, yeah, well, they've 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 been dealing with some insanity. The cashiers have. You know, so that's the same, folks. What you want to do, and I know one of the things I'm going to do, and I realize that something that's missing from my storage is extra fuel. I'm going to get myself a decent-sized gas can and fill it up once they lift the restrictions on the number of liters you can buy because it's supposed to be lifted January or December 1st. And I expect it will be because, you know, they'll get things under control. But that's only going to last, folks. This little bit that we just saw is the beginning. It's just the beginning of what's coming down the pike. You, after this gets settled down again, you've got two, three, maybe four or five months, and shit's going to hit the fan again. It's going to go sideways. And it's going to start in February, March, or April of 2022. And that's, February. that's the, well, February is the peak of winter. Because winter, winter only runs from December 21st, so it's January, February, and March is winter. That's what, that's what winter is. That's when true winter hits the northern hemisphere. It's January, February, and March. Yeah. And that's yeah. when people are going to find out if you don't have other ways to heat your house besides electricity. I actually bought myself a new way to heat my house uh, yesterday. Um, it's a, it's called the Unco candle, candle, uh, candle lantern thing. It has three candles in it, produces a mass amount of heat and it will heat a 160 square foot room. One of my, one of my guys I watch is Alaska prepper. He did a demonstration with running two of them in Alaska where it's currently minus 21 degrees Fahrenheit, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of minus 10 for us. Um, he used two of them to heat his 130 square foot loft thing he talks about all the time. Kept it at 60 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit, which is about 15 degrees Celsius. Which is where we usually want to keep our houses between 15 and 20. Between 15 and 20. So, but it, it's comfortable. You can put on an extra layer if you're cold, but you're not going to freeze. And it's like, you know, I thought, you know, I kind of like that. So I went and looked it up on Amazon. They had one that was on sale, and so I bought it. Nice. So that is a really good idea. So they're really kind of cool things you can do. But you need to prepare. You need extra fuel, gasoline, um, propane, candles. Um, make sure you've got your grocery stocks up, your canned goods, your dried goods, you know. Um, Something else I learned this week from uh, a source. I'm not going to, this is a, of a reliable source, is that this reliable source has a friend who is a rice importer. And this rice importer imports rice into Canada. And it used to cost this rice importer, these aren't the correct numbers, but we're going to use these numbers, for example, $5 a pallet for rice and now it's costing him $50 a pallet for rice. It's a hell of a jump. That jump hasn't trickled down to the stores yet. It's expected to trickle down to the stores in December, which means it's time to buy some, trying to buy an extra bag or two of rice. 
And this is a reliable source that I have for this. Highly reliable. So for those of you that actually listen to that, you want, if you use rice, which I do, I don't use a lot, but I, I like it. And rice, if you've got rice and beans, you've got complete protein there that you can live off for a while. Now, the one thing I did learn about rice when I was, when I was doing some other research is you got to think about how much rice. You buy, say, an 18-kilo bag of rice, that's 40 pounds of rice, give or take. So what you have there is an average family of four will eat one pound of rice a day to stay alive when mixed with beans. So that's one 30 kilo bag of rice is only 40 days worth of food. Now, if you go on rations, you can stretch it to 80 days because you can go on half rations. Everyone will get enough food. They'll get just enough subsistent calories, maybe slightly above that, but they'll be, they'll be healthy and alive. If you cut it beyond that, you're going to start looking at the problems of other health issues creeping into the mix. But think about that. For a family of four, that 140-pound bag of rice is only good for 40 days worth of food. You know, and so there's a lot to think about here when you're doing it. It's like I've started doing the math on my stocks of stuff to make sure I actually have what I think I have. You know, figuring out how much is this, how much is this, like this one can of beans mixed with this that makes a meal. How many meals do I need per day? All of this. How many calories are in the meal? So I started doing the math to make sure I actually have the stocks I think I have. And I do. I have the stocks I think I have. But that's what you need to be doing is looking at that and those stocks on there. Now, once you're all set up, the best thing you can do when shit starts to go crazy is you sit back and watch the entertainment of all the fools out there and stay out of their way because shit's going to get real. Yeah, what we just went through was nothing but a tiny taste. Oh, yeah. Because it was just a tiny taste, mm-hmm. I was able to sit back and go, wow, yeah. people are crazy. I mean, we went to the store for eggs and ice cream and milk. Those are things you can totally live without. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Oh, I felt bad for everybody because the couple of gas stations by my house, they had the they had the street lined up for almost a kilometer down the road. That was my point. And you know, it's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. People were going and they were waiting in line and probably burning more gas than they were getting. Quarter, about a quarter tank of gas just to get half a tank of gas. Yep, it was insane. <laughs> all right, well, all of that being done, let's dig into some of the tips we have for you tonight. Let's start off with some cooking and canning recipes. First one I've got for you here is canning Mormon beans for long-term preservation. Now, I've been practicing with my thing. Now, this recipe or this thing here, this guy shows you here, is how to can Mormon beans using the water bath canning method. Not overly recommended, but it can be done. And Mormon beans are kind of an interesting, they're kind of like uh, pork and beans, just judging from the recipe here, which is ground beef, bacon, onions, salt, brown sugar, mustard, vinegar, catsup, pork and beans. So they're adding pork and beans to the beans. 
uh, and you add kidney beans and then sweet chili sauce. So you're basically making an extended version of beans with more protein in them. It does actually sound kind of good. And they go through the recipe here, and then they tell you how to do it with water bath canning. Now, I would highly recommend you do it with pressure canning because pressure canning is more safe for canning things like beans. And I only recently got around to learning to use my pressure canner. And what I did was I made myself, <coughs> like I usually do when I want chili, I can't make one small pot of chili that feeds one or two people. I make a pot of chili that will feed 10 people. So this time around, I made the pot of chili, fed the couple of people that were eating it, and then I, can, I promptly canned up the rest of it. And I opened up one of them this week. It had been just over a month since I canned it. Turned out great, perfect, preserved excellently. Seals were great. Food was great. Chili tasted good. So it does work well. And... That's basically what this is to me. This Mormon beans is just a fancy form of chili. I do kind of like some of the ingredients. Without your spicy. Oh, I didn't have my, I didn't make my chili all that spicy. Your grandma could eat it. Oh. I made it when I was up, I made it when I was at the Oasis and your grandma ate a, ate, ate a bowl of it. So, and she said it was really good. So oh. I know it wasn't very spicy because if she can eat it, it's not very spicy. I think I might have gave you a jar of it. Probably. So you'll have to try it. Let me know. All right. So this is a really good recipe. Oh, you gave me a jar of it, and it was very good. I just remembered. I used it for a night. Oh, there you go. Uh, for dinner recently, yeah. actually. Yeah, it goes good on rice. That's what we had tonight. Oh, my goodness. We had, we had that for, for dinner tonight. Chili, chili and rice. With a little bit of cheese sprinkled on top and some fresh sourdough bread, because I've got crazy this week. I made two loaves of sourdough, and they're already gone. My sourdough seems to disappear very fast in this house. That's because your sourdough is yummy. Yes, it's a very good yummy sourdough. And this is a plug for everyone. If you want the best sourdough, go over to therogestavern.com and order up the dehydrated sourdough. And with it comes all the instructions on how to rehydrate it and make the best sourdough ever. Took me a while to perfect the recipe. So it's a very good recipe. All right. We've got here next up seven deadly canning mistakes even smart people make. And this is something you want to pay attention to because canning food is going to be one of the most important skills you will need to know in the coming years. Because if you're growing your own food, you will find out very quickly that you can't eat everything you grow when it ripens. You can try, but you can't. But that's the beauty of Mother Nature is they give you everything you need while it's producing, but they give you the abundance that you got to put away and store for the winter. Because the winter months is where you need this food. And canning is one of the best ways to preserve. Canning, dehydration, and uh, other salt-cured meth methods for meat and other things. So you will need to learn these skills. Somebody in your group has to have these skills or you will starve. Okay, they go in here with about the principles of canning and tell you what breaks down. Tell you, what, tell you about uh, Botox, the, uh, which is the, um, what the hell is it called, uh, botulism. 
botulism, which is what Botox is. That Botox that people inject into their face, all the, all the movie stars and stuff to make their wrinkles grow away. It's actually the botulism spores. Are you serious? Yeah. How are they not dead? Well, because it's in such minute amounts. It just paralyzes stuff. And they go and talk about canning bacteria and how to make sure you get good seals. Never forgetting the acid in here because botulism can't grow in an acid environment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, keeping it cool. How to know if your seals are bad after you've, after you've uh, packaged it up. Storage, how to properly store your canned goods. Make sure you store them in a place that is dark most of the time and it's cool but not cold and it's not warm. It's not overly damp. It's a nice, comfortable place, which is what um, I want to say wine cellars, but uh, not wine cellars, the uh, root cellars, what root cellars are. Root cellars are a cool, dark place that's not overly humid but is perfect for storing your root vegetables and all your canned goods. Just don't store the rings on your jars because the, ring, the, the rings will rust. So uh, we, and for apartment dwellers like me, a closet will actually work really well. Yes, I use a closet for my apartment I have here. I, I have an apartment down south and I have a house up north and I have a pantry up north now. And it's a decent pantry, but it's not exactly what I want. And I was thinking about the design of my shed that I'm going to be building for hanging carcasses in, I'm actually going to expand that shed out a little bit and turn it into a um, root cellar. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to create a, it'll be an above ground root cellar, which means I'll have to take extra effort with insulation and other things on it. So it will work. But I think it's a, it's a smart move is to create it as a root cellar and to be able to hang the carcasses in there for when I start getting deer. So sooner or later, I'm going to find these bloody deer and I'm going to kill them. <laughs> okay, and one thing is, when you open your food, don't just open it and dig into it and start eating it. Make sure it's good because there could be mold in there that you won't notice until you actually look inside the jar after you've opened it. You know, there could be something else. Now, the interesting thing about botulism, folks, is it's odorless and tasteless. You don't know it's there. You have to, you ha it's odorless and tasteless. There is no warning that botulism is there. The biggest warning is when the lids are bulged out on your thing or your lids have gone loose because they create such gas, they cause the lids to pop off. That's why you don't store the rings on your jars when you store your uh, canned goods. You take the rings off. So if there's something goes wrong with the lid, it just pops off and it won't reseal. All right, so you got a couple here, starting with how to peel a chestnut. Which is actually more of a pain in the ass than you think. That must be really painful for the male. <laughs> so throughout this, you can do the old-fashioned, um, like, baking of the chestnut, mm -hmm. and everyone can just sit around and peel it together, or you can... Uh, I think you like boil it and peel it. Yeah. That's one of the ways. And what they suggest actually is that you have a pair of leather gloves to actually do the peeling with because they're slippery and it's hard to get them off. Mm, I've never had chestnuts, so I don't know. I've had like store bought uh, 
chestnuts, and they were like in a plastic container, and they just tasted like weird plastic stuff. Mm. So I don't think that's actually what they taste like. I want to try chestnuts, though. I've never really tried them. I want to try them. Well, don't try the ones here on the island, because the ones we have on the island are horse chestnuts, and they're poisonous to humans. Okay, I won't eat those then. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't have edible chestnuts here. You know that you can buy chestnuts mm -hmm. in bulk at grocery stores yeah. this time of year. And what's funny is they look exact, almost exactly the same as the horse chestnuts. They're just a little smaller. They do. That's why I didn't know that the ones here were poisonous. Yes. They're, they're, I don't know how poisonous, but they are not healthy for humans to eat. But you know. Yeah. I do know that if you, take, uh, if, if you take a chestnut from around here and you drill a hole in it, spiders out. keeps the spiders out. That's why I use them for. Keeping the spiders away. All right, here's another one. Why do we eat turkey on Thanksgiving? Because we can. Well, not this year. And I've got more on that when we get into the second half of the show. All right. Um, okay, brain go blank. I actually don't remember all the reasons that they list here. I all believe right. it has to do with, like, you know, the whole... Do the pilgrims eat turkey on Thanksgiving? Oh, probably. <laughs> Because turkeys were pretty, they were they were pretty common back then. But most likely they were eating duck or uh, or um, some other wild fowl, pheasant, deer, venison, whatever they could shoot. I'm not sure how. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, thought ran away. Okay. Cat just got under someone's feet, and I heard it. I'm not used to the sound of cat yet. How the first Thanksgiving foods differed from today. Venison. Yeah, well, it won't differ in my household when I finally get venison. And when I learn to go hunting for geese and duck. Because we can shoot Canadian geese when I can find them up there in the mountains. And Yeah, up there in the mountains. So once you get out of the city, you can shoot them. And there's no limit. If I, if I remember correctly when I was reading, you can take as many as you want. <laughs> And duck, geese and duck, and then corn. Now, corn's always served in my Thanksgiving, so corn was always part of my Thanksgiving. And nuts, well, I'll, some years I had nuts, you know, not walnut. Well, sometimes walnuts. I'm never chestnuts or beech nuts, but walnuts, almonds, and pecans. Shellfish, eh, occasionally shellfish would be part of it, usually in my stuffing if I could, if I could remember to buy it, because um, oysters are excellent in stuffing. Yeah, you've had you. You may not have known it, but in years past, when I'd make Thanksgiving dinner, if I remembered to buy oysters, I would put them in my stuffing. I don't like stuffing, so. I oh well, then to hell with you. <laughs> what the pilgrims not eat at the first Thanksgiving? Potatoes? Well, they might not have. Bread stuffing? Yeah, wheat flour was very rare back then. Sugar? Sugar was extremely rare. Sugar, everyone thinks sugar has been around forever, but it hasn't. Sugar has only been a major part of our diet for about the last hundred years. Previous to that, people would go for months or years without refined sugar. They get their sugar still. They get it from fruit. They get it from honey. They get it from beets. They could create sugar out of beets. They could create sugar out of uh, maple syrup if they happen to live in an area where they could tap maple trees. But... White refined sugar, it's only been part of our diets for about the last hundred years. 
Which makes a lot of sense considering the way we react to it. Yep. Green bean casserole. Yeah. I, I can imagine that shouldn't be part of anybody's fucking Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole? That yeah. sounds terrible. It does. That's why I said it shouldn't be part of it. And pies. Well, yeah, if sugar was rare, then... Well, you can still make a pie without sugar. You know, if That's you... That's why I stopped talking because I realized that, yeah, yeah, sugar was rare, flour was rare. But yeah. I could see pies still being made. You can still make pies. <laughs> Roast goose. Classic succotash. Chestnut croquettes. Yes. So why do we eat Thanksgiving? Okay, now they, they, they really buried the lead in this one, didn't they? All right. Plus, wild turkeys were plentiful back then. That's why I figured. All right. So that's an interesting article. Want to read up on it, folks? Go check it out. All right. Let's talk a little bit about worrying about our food supply. Okay. Fresh fruit and vegetable supply is threatened by rising disruptions. This is what we're talking about at the beginning of the show, folks. Mm -hmm. We have problems. BC, having been cut off from all of Western Canada, not only couldn't we ship what goods we produce here out, we couldn't bring in the goods that were produced elsewhere here. One of the major stores I shop at, a lot of their shelves were just empty. And I'm not talking just minorly empty. They were, they were majorly empty. Let me bring up a couple of photos of it. I took photos because I just, it's like, I was stunned. You know. Uh, something I want to add in here is that, um, yes, we're on an island, but Vancouver itself lost its road out to the rest of Canada. That's what I'm talking about. Every, a lot of this stuff came in through Vancouver to us. Yeah, and um, they still haven't managed to quite... Let's see if it's going to start recording. Okay, backup recording device picked up where I left off. All right, just as I brought up the photos of the uh, empty shelves at the grocery store I go to, and I need to bring up and share the screen with you so you can see what the hell I'm talking about. There we go. Okay, so this is what I saw at the store. Beans, virtually empty shelves. Empty. This whole shelving area you're looking at, that's all the dried beans they normally carried. That's more of where the dried beans were. They're just gone. Look at that. A couple of boxes left of dried beans. Almost nothing left. Like I was trying to say before you got cut off, um, it's like people took all the wrong things, man. So, so the best stuff is left. Yeah, well, there's still a whole lot of good stuff here for everyone. You just look at the shelves, but the fact of what's missing, when I was going down the flower aisle, the flower was, all this, this big empty space you see there, that's all the flower that's normally stacked up there. Oh, wow. They got no flower. Just empty. This is the meat. Oh, my gosh. This is the meat section. Nothing left but the oversized chunks, which are like a hundred bucks a piece. Wow. This is it. This is what they had. This was four days ago in the store. This was like, well, maybe, yeah, about five days ago. This was Friday, last week. And when I talked to the cashier, they said, well, most of our stuff stuck on the other side of the Coca-Cola. Yeah. 
This is their frozen food section. All the instant stuff. All the instant stuff is gone. This is the frozen veggie section. Yeah. You know, so it's like I was just like wandering around. This is the oil section. Wait, that bottom shelf, does that usually have oil? Yeah. Usually has tons of oil. Usually has lots and lots of oil. Boxes of it. Well, I'm sure they did because this re this store this store caters to restaurants and they came in to get everything they needed. I'm sure they did. But what this does, this doesn't leave anything for the average person or very little for the average person. And of course, you had to make note of this, the 16 liter box oil. We're limited to 20 per customer. Yeah. Whereas they normally would need it. Oh, there's my luscious <laughs> homemade enchiladas. Uh, very tasty, too. So, at any rate, back to our supply line problems. Fresh fruit and vegetable supplies threatened by rising disruptions. And those rising disruptions for Canadians are going to get even worse. Because in January, our illustrious Canadian government has decided that all truckers will need to be vaccinated when crossing the border. Are you kidding me? Nope. That's going to that's gonna put a serious dampener on the number of truckers from the states that can cross into Canada. Oh, yeah. It really, really will. Because there's a lot of truckers in the states that are like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm. And so we're going to be dealing with that come the new year. That hasn't even hit us yet. That's, that's coming, though. We've also got the inconsistent deliveries and shortages of fertilizers and pesticides, which nobody's talking about. Well, of course not. You know, lack of meat and paper is more important. Yeah, well, they'll find out how important fertilizers and pesticides are next spring when the, when the farmers go to plant their crops. And next early summer when the harvests start coming in and they go... What do you mean I got to pay 10 bucks for a tomato? Yeah. Because the vast majority, almost all that produce you buy in the grocery store is dependent upon fertilizers and pesticides to get there. Yeah, because if they don't have those things, they will. They, and, well, and all the, uh, all the bugs that are around will eat everything. Yep. Yeah. But, of course, this is what they really want for you, from you. It's all about the fake food. Impossible Foods, the makers of the impossible beef, sausage, all that impossible shit made from GMO soy protein. One more time, GMO, soy protein, genetically modified organism, soy protein. The company of Impossible Foods got a 500 million funding round recently to push more of their crap onto the human populace. They want you to eat your fake food and your bugs, be happy, and own nothing. 
All right, so here's some things you need to know. Some ways to help combat this shit. You got 18 must-know hints for novice preppers. This is a good article to read through. Okay? Some things you need to realize about prepping. If you're just starting, you're really late to the party, but the party's not over yet. You still have some time. If you haven't started yet, you better get started fucking quick because the party's almost over. I kicked it into full, I, I kicked it into high gear. I've always been a bit of a prepper most of my life. I'd always had stocks of food around. I was always good for anywhere from three months to, you know, a year's worth of food in my house, always. Sometimes it would get very low when I was broke and I couldn't afford to buy stuff, so I lived off of my preps. And I'd been doing that off and on for years, and, you know, just over two and a half years ago, just before the introduction of the, the, the Rona to our lives, I was having some financial tough times, so I was eating through my preps, and my preps were getting low on stock. Then they introduced the Rona to us, and everybody fucking bought out all the toilet paper. Well, I would have already stocked on toilet paper. That wasn't my problem. But I realized my preps were low. And so what I did was I kicked it into high gear two years ago to get my preps up. And I, everybody I knew, I talked to, I told them, everybody. I pushed them, prodded them, and a few people I know did it, such as you and a few others. But the thing you need to know, folks, is you, you're going to have to spend extra money to get there now. You're going to have to... Go to the grocery store and not buy like you're prepping. You got to, you got to, you know, keep the evil eye off you when you're going to the store. Just make more than one trip to a store in a week. Go to a couple of different stores in a week and buy different stuff at different stores. You know, that's one way I did it. But the thing is, is you don't have to do it all in one day. You still got two to five months left. That's my time frame, two to five months. So you'd still got to get it done quickly but you don't have to get it all done in a day. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. You're setting out on some very rewarding. So you want to enjoy the ride of what you're doing. Make notes. Pick up things. The biggest key, one thing here, I think they talk about it, is don't buy anything that it, you won't normally eat unless you're into exploring new foods. Don't buy shit that you wouldn't eat. Like if you will never eat spam, don't buy spam. You know, if you like tuna fish, buy lots of tuna fish. It's still canned meat. You know, whichever one you like. It's like I know one guy that uh, buys uh, um, sardines. I'd never buy sardines. I can't stand the fucking things. I've tried eating them. I don't like them. But he's all about the sardines. It's like, buy your sardines, man. I'll buy tuna fish. I don't mind spam. Spam's good. I buy, I buy some spam from time to time. I buy corned beef. Corned beef's really good. You know. I like corn Corn spam is not bad either. So, Orange spam? I don't think I've ever tried that one. Now, they got something here that I don't overly approve of, but I do it online here. So, they said don't be afraid to talk about it. OPSEC is really important, especially going into the future. That's operation security. You don't want everybody to know you're prepping. Because you don't want everybody pounding on your door asking for that extra pound of butter or sugar or whatever you've got. 
Make sure your food storage is not exclusive to freeze-dried meals. Don't buy a shitload of freeze-dried meals. They're, no, you'll get sick of them pretty fast. You'll get sick of them really fast, plus they clog you up. Don't buy, uh, MR, don't buy a shitload of MREs. Buying some freeze-dried, some MREs, all these things. It's good to have all these things because they're very nice in an you know, emergency or when you're just too tired to do anything. They're good, they're good to have, but don't make that your sole stock of preparedness stuff. You know, they talk about collecting silver and gold. Well, it may not be too late to collect some silver and gold. Get some if you can. Don't forget entertainment. You've got to have some entertainment. Stuff you can download to your tablets or whatever. You know, books, real books, printed on paper. You know, they're actually the best, yeah. You know, learn to cook from scratch. Yeah. Don't depend upon boxed foods. They're not very nutritious. They don't go as far as making your own food from scratch. Something that I'd like to mention with that, I don't know if they mention it best, but learn to cook on something other than the stove. Well, yeah. No, they... Like that Something that no prep thing ever mentions is uh, the need to learn to cook, like, for instance, on a fire. If there's no electricity, you've got to do something. Because yeah. even if you have, like, a gas thing, you're going to run out of gas eventually. Yep. You need to learn how to cook on an open fire. Yeah. Learn to cook on a fire. Learn to, to make your bread in the fire. Learn yep. to do these things. Yep. I'm going to be experimenting. I finally got hold of a... Uh, flat top Dutch oven, nice. which means I can put coals on top and bottom. Now I have had some practice with it when we made, we, when we were out camping with the kids, when, when we were doing scouts, we made lasagna one camp out in the Dutch oven nice. and it was really good, but I'm going to try, I'm going to work on making my, my sourdough bread in the Dutch oven outside in the fire pit. Really <clears throat> you know, cause it's in completely different thing than doing it in an oven where the temperature is 100% controlled because on a fire, it's harder to control your temperature. So yeah, so something I'm going to do. And they talk about prepping is a daily responsibility and grow more food. Mm-hmm. And one thing they tell you, this is really important. Study the 1800s and how people lived. Prepping was a way of life for them. That was the way they lived their life was prepping. Well, prepping and reusing, but that's reusing is all part of prepping. But, you know, it's highly possible and the probability is there, folks, that we could be dropped back to 1850 with a simple EMP or a corona burst from the sun. Or a nasty virus set into our mainframe. Yes, or a nasty virus set into our computer systems. Wiping out technology. We could be dropped back to 1850 very fucking quickly. And that's the biggest thing. That's, I think, our biggest threat. I don't think EMP is, is our biggest threat anymore. I honestly think... I think coronavirus is one of our biggest... Or, not coronavirus. Um, uh, a coronal mass injection from our son is a big threat. Yeah, we've been missed multiple times now. Mm-hmm. Eventually, our, rec is, our luck is going to run out. Yep. Yeah, I caught an, I caught something today on a YouTube video. We had a X an X burst that was facing away from the sun, that was 
it was on the opposite side of the sun from us. And if it had hit us, every one of our fucking power grids on the planet would have been wiped out. Oh, yeah. The sun is, it's not very active, but when it does send out yeah. a, a thing, it's massive right now. Hey, talk about community, setting up your community. Very important. You need people around you. You need your neighbors. You need people with skills that you don't have. You need people doing things that you don't do. You know, you can't do it all by yourself. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn how to communicate with people. I'm not always the best person for communicating with others. No, really. Uh, no, really. I, I, I know. It's, it's, it comes as a stunning shock to you that I don't like talking to other people. But hey, what can I say? I'm trying to work on that. All right. Now, I'm going to get one more article here, and we're going to wander off because we're just not going to have time to cover everything here tonight because we're wandering into it because we got to get into some stuff that's going to take us out of the YouTubes, and it's real important that we get into it. But let's talk about real quick this one here. 24 food items to hoard or to prep for or stock up on. I do like the title. Items to hoard. Fresh meat. Well, you can store as much as you can in a freezer, but remember, if the power goes out, you better do something real quick with that fucking meat. In other words, you better figure it out fast because um, you got to do something. I would highly recommend you have a shitload of salt around because one of the first things you can do is once you defrost it, you can then pack it in salt and treat and and salt cure it. Does that actually work to keep it long term? What do you think a ham is? Um, I have no idea. The hams I buy have been smoked. Well, they're so they're still salt cured too and smoked. They're small salt cured and smoked. Okay. Bacon is salt cured. Um, there's a ton of recipes online or a ton of things online on how to salt cure. I've been, I've been watching some, learn, trying to learn. I've got to actually try this because I've got to learn it. It's a skill. It's not as easy to do as like packing your meat in salt and it'll be good. It's actually a skill, which is unfortunately only known by the people that create hams and stuff. And the commercial stuff is no longer completely salt cured. They, they use a lot of chemical stuff to help cure it up instead of just pure salt. So we got a lot of things to do. They say eggs, you want to stock up on, whey powder, cheese. Now, the one thing I've got to do is I still need to order myself some cheese wax so I can start uh, preserving cheese and wax. Fats, you want lots of fats. Fats are important. That'd be your olive oils, your coconut oils, your bacon fat, your lard, your beef fats, all kinds of fat. Because fat, very high calorie content, nutrition-wise, if you make the fat yourself, even highly nutritious. Breakfast cereals, dried milk. Dried milk is a real important one. Yeah. can last for 25 years if you store it properly. Potato flakes, again, 25 years if you store them properly. Potato flour, cornmeal, cider vinegar, or make your own apple cider vinegar. You know, you can't, make, you can't use your own apple cider vinegar for canning. Well, you can, but it's risky because you don't always know what the pH or the acidity, acidity, acid, acid level is in it. It might not be 
might not be high enough for properly preserving your food. Chocolate, baking soda, honey, lots and lots of honey, man. Honey stores forever. Literally. Useful stuff in the world. You can use it for food. You can use it for anti, uh, antibacterial. It's amazing. Yep. Molasses, pickling salt. Make sure you get pickling salt or kosher salt, whichever one they want to call it. Do not use iodized table salt. You cannot use it for canning or pickling because the iodine ruins the food. Really? Yep. It causes discoloration and other problems in canned foods. You cannot use iodized salt for canning. I just don't like the iodized salt. It tastes funny. Yeah. Dried fruit. Lots of dried fruit. Make your own dried fruit. Jellies and jams. Peanut butter. Peanut butter, again, stores for a good couple, three years. Good peanut butter. We're not talking about jiffy crap. We're talking about real peanut butter. Like Adam's. Yeah. Coconut milk. Stores for quite a while. Powdered drink mixes. Seltzer water. Protein bars. And do not forget your seasonings. If you don't have seasonings, you're going to have pretty bland tasting food. Yeah. So that's all that. All right. Let's go take a bit of a break here so I can go empty my squirrel bladder and then we will come right back. Let's go with this one.
out as a country man. All righty. Well, before we say goodbye to YouTubes, well, I think I can get one thing here. We're going to go into the... Absolutely. It's time for us to go into the Wuhan flu and talk about things. Now, there's a couple quick sure things here we can. What's that? You sure it's wise while we are on YouTube? Shouldn't we leave YouTube before we go into this? No, no, we can do a couple of. There's some things here that are still that are YouTube safe. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, right. one or two items here I want to do that are YouTube safe, but that'll tease our YouTubers that, uh, that you show up on YouTube. Link is in the show notes down below. That'll take you to Odyssey, where you'll catch all the rest of this. Now, this one here is coming from... No, hang on a sec. Trying to figure out which one here. I know there was one or two that were relatively YouTube safe. Which ones? Ah, this one. From the Aussie, Australia land. Yes, you, you people out there in Australia are. You know what's one thing about all these fucking Aussies and New Zealanders that are in charge? What? <clears throat> Look at their fucking eyes. Yeah, they kind of have the crazy eyes going on. And crazy eyes and a crazy smile. The, sy yeah. the psycho look. The true, full-blown... Psycho look. All right. I can't remember who this is from Australia, but free speech is now banned in Australia. If you are anti-mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. I don't care what your personal vaccination status is. If you support, champion, give a green light, give comfort to, support anybody who argues against the vaccine, you are an anti-vaxxer. Absolutely. Your personal vaccination status is utterly irrelevant. If you campaign against the mandate, if you campaign against people being vaccinated in vulnerable settings, teachers in classrooms, I'll be really clear, at that point in time, people were actually supporting the idea of a teacher being unvaccinated in a remote community classroom with kids who cannot be vaccinated. I reject that. I still reject it. And if you are out there in any way, shape or form campaigning against this mandate, you are absolutely anti-vax. If you say pro-persuasion, stuff it, shove it. We are absolutely going to make sure as many territorials as possible are vaccinated. That is our best protection against this thing. And if you look at the Doty model that's only come out since, they said if you double dose 80 in remote communities, five and up, I think you'll see our vaccine mandate is absolutely crucial to protecting lives, particularly Aboriginal lives. And I will never back away from supporting vaccines. And anyone out there who comes for the mandate, you are anti-vax. Wow. <laughs> 
Wow. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah, I can't remember who that is. That's one of the leaders in Australia. All right, well, on that cheery note, we're going to say bye-bye to the tubes and hopefully Twitch and face crack. We'll see. Off we go. Out of the tubes. And time to turn off the face crack and the Twitch. Whether they turn okay. off or not, I don't know. All right, we are now solely... From my opinion, on Odyssey. Which means that it is the best part of the show. Oh, yeah. Shit, but shit, piss, fuck, mother, hucker, cuck, tits, ass, oh, I can't, I, I can't even say them all. <laughs> Seven deadly words. I gotta, I gotta memorize those. All right. Here we go. The AY4. This is the new variant. Beware. The AY4. You will have no symptoms and be happy. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Cases of the potentially faster spreading hit up to 10,000 in a week. No symptoms. Well, how do they know? I don't know. They just do. <laughs> it's magic. Must be. Well, here it is. The AY4 is a sublineage of the Delta variant that appears to have mutated a growth advantage compared to others. Go away, Newsweek. Compared to other Delta variants. However, the AY4 also does not appear to be any more vaccine resistant than Delta. <laughs> And has uh -huh. failed to gain much of a foothold in the U.S. Current. Weren't you screaming that Delta was vaccine resistant and that's why it was so scary? Yep. Okay, so it was vaccine resistant and now it's not vaccine resistant? No. <clears throat> the Delta is still not vaccine resistant. No, they, they were saying that it, like, the vaccine had no effect on it first. Yes, they're still saying that. And now they're saying that the vaccine does have an effect. No, they're not. It says that it is not any more vaccine resistant, which yeah. means that the vaccine has an effect. Yeah, I mean, it has no effect. But if it's vaccine resistant, that's when it does have an effect. But it's, if it's not, not, it's not any more vaccine resistant. You got to, you got to read, you got to read the words right. They're, 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 they're using a double negative here. Okay. Does not appear to be any more vaccine resistant. <clears throat> yes. Okay, now I've got it. Okay. Yeah, they're using a double negative. Wow, <clears throat> that really messed with my brain. They need to learn English if they're going to write in English. No, they do that on purpose. Because that they, people read it just how you read it. Oh, it's vaccine resistant. It's good. Hey, look, my birthday. Mm-hmm. What's as of my birthday? The AY the AY four two sequences found worldwide was forty thousand according to variant tracking tool outbreak.info. As of November fourteenth, okay. Which thirty seven thousand of them were in the UK. Yep. Didn't they have the Delta breakout in the UK originally too? Yep. Hmm. No, yeah, okay. Way to go, UK. It's all hmm. your fault. No, well that's what they're gonna say. <laughs> 
But it'll be over here soon because that's their new pet one. What happened to all the fancy Omega names they give him? I don't know. Maybe they realized that people were catching on, and so they moved on to something else. Mm -hmm. I think that's what happened. Or maybe Delta wasn't scary enough because AY4, whatever it is. It does it sound a little scarier. Yeah, it sounds a bit more alien and a bit more scary yeah. than Delta and Omega. Here we go. The highly contagious Delta AY42. Yeah, it does sound it does sound scarier. The Delta AY42. Nope. Let's see, what would A asshole asshole you four two? I don't know, man. What's it, there's it's code there's a code in that fucking thing right there. There's a code in there. They're laughing at us with that. They're, they're uh, laughing at it the, I, the same way I laugh at people when I go F4Y3. F4Y3? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're laughing. With this AY42, they're laughing at us with that. Oh, yeah. There's something there that's just funny as fuck to them. It and, could also be just the yellow dye number. Okay, could be. The COVID-19 is less likely to show any symptoms. So it's like, if it doesn't show any symptoms, how do you know anyone's sick? So uh, that picture right there makes me think of a movie I just watched. It's called Resurrector. Mm. Very old movie. Kind of extra hilarious. Mm -hmm. But right there makes me think of when all the people were brought back from the dead. Mm. Entertaining. That's a fascinating <laughs> picture there. He's got, they got a picture of some dude here. And some yeah. don't know, don't even know what's going on there. It looks like a, looks like a possible C-section or something. It, see, that actually reminds me of when a woman is giving birth and her partner can't be there. They offer to put a picture there for support. That's so it's like that's what it that's what it kind of gave me a thought of. Yeah, why would you have a picture of someone <clears throat> giving birth as a a Y four point two? Yeah. Well, here's here's an interesting thing. Those infected with the AY42 are less likely to have any of the classic symptoms of loss or change of sense of taste or smell, fever or new persistent cough, and also less likely to have any other kind of symptoms. So again, how the fuck do you know so anyone's sick? If you're healthy, you have AY4.2. Yes, yes. IE4.2. Yes. <laughs> Arr, matey. <laughs> I. <laughs> uh, here we go. We got one here from Twitter. This is uh, this is why all of this is bullshit. If it still exists on Twitter, can we get it loaded? It might. Well, some things manage to persist for more than a few days. All right. This is from our illustrious fucking health health. Anti-health minister of Canada. The vaccine is still very. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. The Delta variant is a formidable beast. It's a, it's a virus that is very highly transmissible. Fortunately, the vaccine is still very effective against the Delta variant, including mostly, particularly against the severe outcomes such as hospitalization and death, which is great news. But we also have learned that. I love that they go. The vaccine is really effective against these except it's only effective Mostly. to keeping you out of the hospital or getting very sick but it, it doesn't stop transmission blah 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 let's keep going yeah 
the vaccines are not perfect in terms of reducing infections <laughs> and whether it's mild or asymptomatic infections and that vaccinated individuals, although they're at a reduced risk of getting infection, could get infected. And when they do get infected, they could actually have um, similar viral loads to those who are unvaccinated. So there is a reduced risk in those who are vaccinated, but if they do get infected, they can potentially transmit to others. So all of this evolving knowledge came between the recommendation of the panel and our current time. The Delta variant. <laughs> there you go. So, There's the bullshit encapsulated in 58 seconds. So what's the point? Well, we're going to get into some of that. But first, Christmas has caught the Rona. Yeah, I was wondering about that. What on earth do you mean by that? Hmm? Illustrious Tam there tells us Christmas caroling is unsafe. Oh, yeah, this one. Singing indoors is not recommended this Christmas, even among people who are fully vaccinated. In the winter, going inside with a lot of people, shouting and singing is not the best idea if the Rona is circulating and accelerating outside your front door, Tam said, re told reporters. Tam also advised that anyone gathered for indoor event this winter, winter, even fully vaccinated people, should keep their windows open, particularly if ventilation is not optimal. So it's going to be a fucking cold Christmas, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what happens when it gets cold out in the winter. Yeah, well, <laughs> people get sick. Here we go. Let's, let, let's see what she has to say. Let's hear it from her own. I can't believe this is our fucking hell minister. In yeah. the wintertime, going inside, doing um, <clears throat> with a lot of people who shouting and singing is not the best idea if COVID is circulating uh, and accelerating outside your front door. There you go. Wow. That's a special message. Now here comes a really, truly special message from Australia. Oh, dear. How to alienate your family for Christmas over the Rona. For those of you who are wondering how you can make your family life more entertaining than it normally is, you really want to have and follow all these tips to make sure you can keep all them horrible relatives away from your house at Christmas time. Watch this. Now, as Christmas approaches, many of us will be faced with a new dilemma how to handle unvaccinated loved ones and whether you should spend time with them over the festive season set next to them at Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. So how do you find out who is vaccinated and how do you decide whether to invite them over for Christmas lunch? We've got the tips and the tricks to help you avoid awkward encounters. They say you can't choose your family, and it's never more relevant than at Christmas. Apart from the glazed ham and stuffed turkey, there'll also be an elephant in many dining rooms this festive season. The vaccination status of your nearest and dearest. 
I'd invite them. They'd probably need to get a negative test though. I don't mind actually. So um, I'm fully vaccinated, so it's fine. I hadn't really thought about it, but probably not. Now the COVID-19 vaccine is widely available across the country and Australia is reopening. This year, we're all facing a very unique predicament. These conversations about whether somebody is vaccinated or not can be challenging because it is a personal question. The past two years has already been divisive enough. All right, that's enough of that. You want to watch it? Wow. Links are in the show notes. But they go on and on giving little tips on how to weasel it out or how to avoid them. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, people who do that kind of BS just. Oh, I don't even have the bloody words. Yeah, I don't. And there's so many other things here. Um, I got another one here. Another conspiracy they made true in reference to the Rona. Let's hear it. Well, we got to get the load first. You know, it takes a minute. Takes its own sweet time loading. I need the... Just got to think about it. It's Twitter. It moves slow. Well, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Response in these communities immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Injari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to House Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Binjari, and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. I contacted the Prime Minister last night. We are grateful for the support of about 20 ADF personnel, as well as Army trucks, to assist with the transfer of positive cases and close contacts and to support the communities. Did you catch? Did you catch all that? What he just said? Um, I caught a good portion of it, which is essentially you're not allowed to leave your house. Ah, but you are. You, you missed the best part of it, then. Unless this, you're unless you're going for medical treatment or by law. Yes, but which that that caught me off guard. What what would be by law? Like if you're evicted? I guess I don't know. But this has happened in Australia, in the Northwest Territories to the Aboriginal tribes, they're not only gathering up people who are positive and forcefully moving them via the military to the quarantine camps, read concentration camps. Mm -hmm. They're gathering up people, oh, you were a close contact. You're not even sick, but you you were near this person, so we're taking you too. Yeah, I heard him say close contact, but I wasn't yeah. sure what he meant by close contact. Anyone who was nearby, and they're just making up numbers. They're, they're going after a city. I don't know if I brought that link, but they're going after cities based upon wastewater tests. In other words, testing sewage to see if there was corona wow. in the sewage. Which, of course, there will be, and it all mixes together once it hits the sewage. It doesn't matter, yeah. Oh, but this means there's, there's so... And, and this... I, I, I may have got it. Let me see. So I've got it under the evil in Australia. This is like, welcome to the evil that was Nazi Germany. Oh, this is the fucking, this is in Australia. This is fucking, basically, this is the, 
retard lady, uh, prime minister of New Zealand. Yeah. Watch her. She's another one of those ones, big bug-eyed fucking psycho with a big happy smile on her face as she's fucking people over. Watch and listen. This is just, it's so unfucking believable It It's actually really straightforward. If you've got a vaccine pass, you can do everything. Basically, that's it. It's actually. That's, that's the whole line there. As so long as you have the pass and you obey, you can do everything. Uh, but you can't do everything because Australia or New Zealand's locking down again. Of course they are. Yeah. See, New it, Zealand was always a wee bit backwards and yeah. upside down. So. Yeah, well, you just look at the bug eyes and this, I'm so happy I get to fuck with people's lives. I'm a sadistic witch. It's the same look all across the world, man. All the leaders that are doing this, it's the same fucking oh, yeah. look. It's that same... It's, a, it's, it's, I don't know, man. They all went to the same place and got fucking zapped with something. Yeah. All so right. you have a couple more before it moves on to mine. They are tracking you all over. What's that on? Uh, give me a second here. This is another one here. The Australia begins the COVID ethnic cleansing. Junk oh, site. Well, the ethnic cleansing. They're, they're going. Talking about. Okay. They're they're going after First Nations. Yeah. In Australia, Northwest Territories, they're being forcefully relocated to Howard Springs quarantine camp in Darwin, Australia, wherever Darwin is. Um. But they're Probably just the they're just gathering them up and moving them. It doesn't matter, you know. Close contacts. Wow. It's just absolutely insane. And this this was something that was called a conspiracy theory eight months ago. And has been proven. And it's another conspiracy theory come true. It's not fun being a conspiracy theorist anymore. No, too many of them are fucking coming true. And the worst ones are coming true. All right, I mean, it'd be great if we could get uh, the fun ones to come true, too. Oh, it would be if the fun ones would come true, like the aliens are here and other stuff. But Okay, the Canadian Immunization Registry. I've heard about that. Okay, this is when you register for your little COVID pass so that you can go get your drinks in a pub or go to the movies or whatever. This is the information they're collecting on you. Yeah. And this is the information that's being shared in multiple areas. Your sex, your ethnicity, your birth date, your birth month, your year, height, weight, your status, your booster status, your tetanus status, your MMR status, your polio status, your flu status, your herpes status, your HIV status. Which none of it has anything to do. None with. of it. Your criminal convictions, your DUIs, what? are you on the no-fly list, your sex offender registry, firearm prohibition, warrants, violent offender, credit score, active credit accounts, active owing. It's like, wait a minute, what the fuck do you need my credit reports information for? I have a theory that this is going to become less about whether or not you got the shot and more about your history. Yeah. And you will only be able to get the pass so long as you have a great credit score. Mm. 
no violence history. Well, never been right. arrested, nothing like that. And that's the only way you'll be able to get the pass. And otherwise, you'll be left on the edge of society. That's my yeah. theory. Well, that that is a theory that's been presented a few times. It is the social credit score that China has brought about. But they can't yeah. do the social credit score here because, well, technically, we're still a democracy for at least a little like while longer. Um, but they can bring in things like this. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. All right. Oh, and then yeah. child abuse in modern times. I think this one's mine. Yep. Child abuse in modern times. One That'll quarter of younger kids in BC are now registered for the death injection. Because I'm going to call it what it is, man. This injection here, there are more and more studies coming out that show in children that this vaccine is call, causing myocarditis to the point, I got to bring this one up because this one here was in the wrong spot, but uh, where'd it go? I had it here. No, this, this to the point where they're saying, where they're saying that climate change is hurting babies' hearts. Yeah. They're not even, they're not even connecting it with the Rona that we've got a sudden massive increase in kids with heart problems. It's like, yeah, I remember all the kids that I went to school with that had heart problems. They were just lined up around the block. Yeah, that's sarcasm, folks. One, one, my entire childhood, jumping around the globe, I met one kid with a heart problem. That's because it used to be what it was, a rare condition, and it did happen. But now... As we covered, I don't know if I, did I, did we cover it last week in the show, all the, all the athletes dying from heart conditions? I don't know. I really enjoyed my liquor bottle last week. Oh, uh, well, I, either I covered it in last week's episode or I covered it in my special news episode. One of the two. One of the two. But I covered up all these athletes that are dying from heart conditions and suddenly oh, resigning from heart long. conditions. And it's like, you know, that's never occurred in the history of sports. No. The only thing no, that everybody's going, oh, was, and they're putting up signs. I really got to grab a photo. I, I got to grab a, one of those photos of uh, the meme out there of this bus that's got a sign on it that kids suffer from strokes also. It's like, what? Kids <laughs> don't suffer from strokes. They're, they're creating shit here to cover up what this injection is doing to people. It's just insane. Yeah, when I had a stroke in my early 20s, I was told by all the doctors, oh, you're too young to have a stroke. Now? They're like, oh, yeah, he stayed. He could have had a stroke. Yeah, well, you had a rare condition. Yeah, but what I'm saying is within the last 10 years, mm -hmm. the so-called science has done a complete 180. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Hey, see, here's what we got. Our federal government, they've got, you know, Supposedly 350,000 eligible children registered to have their shot. 90,000 of 350,000 have registered for their shot. Well, their parents have registered them because their parents are fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And they will regret it. I've seen some tweets lately. This grandma, she's so pissed off. Her hopeful grandchild, stillborn at eight and a half months, and her her daughter had just had the shot two or three weeks ago. Yeah. 
been happening all over. She's so furious. She wants to sue the government. It was like she was all over Twitter. It was like, oh, dear God. And it's happening everywhere. Oh, yeah. And we're going to kill kids. And they're, they're just like, they don't care. The government doesn't care. You know, there was a really cool thing. Dr. Bonnie Henry was kicked out of a coffee shop in Victoria. Really? Yeah, she was she was berated for how she's handled everything and all the shit she's done to everybody in the coffee shop fucking chased her out. It's like everybody's Excellent. on Twitter, please tell me what the coffee shop name is so I can go support them. Excellent. <laughs> her and Trudeau, man, they're both getting it. Well, all of the fucking health ministers or health ministers are getting it now, man. They've just they've just done such a bad job in enforcing this vaccine down people's throats. Oh yeah. It's not even a vaccine, folks. By all yeah. definitions of what the vaccine... Well, I'm sorry, not all definitions. They got a new definition of vaccine, so I can't say by all definitions of vaccine. By all of what the definitions of a vaccine used to mean, this Original is not a vaccine. Definition. What's that? Original definitions. Original definitions, yes. They, re, they redefined them. So yeah, we've got all kinds of shit here. All right, you've got a couple of entertaining things here. I guess it's your turn to fucking rant about this shit. It is. So I found something really interesting. Uh, Project 7896. So I found this very interesting. Essentially what it is, is a, um, a geneticist, I think. He figured out that there are eight other viruses that relate very closely to COVID. And one actually has the number 7896 in it. And when this guy went onto Twitter to ask why that number was on that sequence, he was simply blocked from Twitter. Hmm. This is a rabbit hole I'm trying to dive down, but I can't seem to find any information on it. You'll have to yeah. dig deeper. You'll have to find exactly. some. You'll have to find some uh, search engines that that actually search. Yeah. See, I I only found this about half hour before the show, hmm. so I only searched for about ten minutes. Well, you can bring but- some more of it next week. If you want to play this video, it's very short, and it, it's this guy who wrote a book about it. Okay. Let's go. What is 7896 Project? <laughs> well, this is a fascinating little wrinkle that uh, it came to light um, during uh, the research we were doing for this book. When they sequenced the genome of the bat virus most closely related to um, SARS-CoV-2, some of the pieces of the sequence had this number on them, 7896. And a very diligent, brilliant Spanish technology consultant called Francisco de Ribera uh, started digging into where this number had come from. And I, I won't go into all the details, but he basically eventually worked out that there was a bunch of eight viruses very closely related to the pandemic virus that had been collected from the same mine shaft as this other one that they had sequenced, one of which was called 7896, and that had never been published. And he asked Peter Daszak, he said, can you explain why this number 7896 crops up in this one other virus and in the sequence of the one closely related? Uh, and he was, he, he was simply blocked on Twitter for asking that. So that gives you a sort of hint of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I'm glad you played because what I said was very similar, but not exactly what he said. I was trying to repeat what he said, and yeah. I said it wrong. So I'm glad you played that. Yeah, well, I just looked up, just type in 7896 into a search engine. The top result is a Hebrew translation. It's a number. It's a verb. Transla transliteration is sheath. Sheath. Phonetic spelling, sheath. The definition, to put or set. An NSB translation, account, apply, appoint, appointed, bring, cast, close, concern, concerned, consider, demand, demanded, direct, fix, fixed positions, join, laid, lay, lays, reflected, took up fixed positions, turns, withdraw. Those are the Hebrew definitions of that. This is a number. And numbers are everything to the elite. Yeah. If you think I'm into numbers, fuck. I'm nothing compared to the elite. That's because the elite have time. Well, they have people to do shit for them, too. That's it. Another, another result comes from the Internet Archive of 7896. It's uh, data for outside design conditions for air conditioning for Indian cities. Interesting. That's, that's a weird thing for her to pop up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just typed in the 7896 to see what it would kick up, and that was DuckDuckGo, so. There are... Yeah, uh, sorry. Go ahead. There's actually a couple of things that I did get, like, um, oh, where is it? There's a 7896, and it is a law that was put forth just this year. Hmm. It's very interesting. Well, you need to bring that one to us, because that's not that. showing up in my list. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, there's a few really interesting things I found. Like, Bring up project. the weird, the bizarre, man. We're running down rabbit holes here. Yeah. So, like I said, very interesting mm. rabbit hole to fall down. Um, yep. The next thing I have on here is California has actually taken the mandates even further. Santa Cruz is now mandating that you wear your mask <laughs> inside your own private home. I saw that Go today. California. I saw that today. I thought, seriously? Yeah, go California. Fucking welcome to the Forge. Yep, go California. You guys take everything to the next step, always. Well, they are massively run by Democrats, so what can you expect? Leftards run the state and all the cities, except for like a small sliver of western half of California that tried to separate but couldn't successfully do it. I know. I was rooting um, for them. I was really rooting for them. So was I, but not just didn't happen. Uh, next thing on here is Sweden obliterates the lie of vaccines as ticket to ending pandemic, which I wanted to bring this last week, but you know, for some reason I couldn't get anything on here last week, which I, I think this is a great idea. Um, Sweden is actually working towards proving that the the vaccine is hurting children mm -hmm. and that they should stop taking the vaccine. And they're actually working towards using the same rules that have been put down uh, for the vax against the vax. Oh, good for them. Yeah, I'm really stoked about that. I mean, Yay for the be Swiss. That'd be, that'd be that good way, if but... they pull it off. <laughs> That's not Switzerland, it's Sweden, Swedish. That's unusual for Sweden. Swedens are the ones that are fucking... Uh, Full-on left hardy. They kind of are and they kind of are. I mean, think about it. Sweden, if I 
if I'm correct, isn't Sweden the place that requires you to join the military for at least five no, years? That's Switzerland. Switzerland, and it's oh, two okay. years. Oh, okay. Switzerland is I the agree. one that does that. Switzerland, um, Switzerland is the famous, the famous country that actually stayed neutral during the entire World War II. Yes. Uh, the last one I have here is dead bodies left on cargo ships for months due to fear of COVID. So in this particular case, the, one, the example that it's given, um, the body needed to be returned home in full in order to have a proper burial due to religious reasons. Yeah. Now, in the past, um, in the past, if you had a death at sea, you could get into the first port, they would load the body onto a plane and take it down and, and fly it down to its yeah. place. In this case, Romania. Um, unfortunately, now, because of this fear of COVID, they refuse to fly any dead bodies to their homeland. Instead, they make the cargo ship keep the body. So the body gets to sit in the freezer with all of the crew's meats and veggies and all that stuff. Well, as long as they don't, they as long as they don't mistake it. the meat for the pork. <laughs> well, it, it has to stay in the freezer on the ship until they make it back to their home port, which, mm. wow, that is, is... That body's going to be seriously freezer burned by the time they get it home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dark humor. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's not oh, no. sorry. That's one of the things that occurred to me, too. It's that's like, true. is it really, you know, proper treatment of the body to yeah, turn just, them in freezer is, burn? Disrespectful, man. <laughs> it's all, it's so disrespectful. <laughs> it really is. It is, man. That's, that's like cruel. That is so sad. But, all the world governments are like, oh, no, he might have died of something, and he's frozen. We can't possibly catch anything from a frozen body, but he might catch something. Yes, it's, it's so sad. Well, that covers up all of our Rona stuff. This segment has been brought to you by, let's see if I can load it right on time. There you go. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Along with last, um, the company that brings you all the diabetic drugs. <laughs> it's like, and you can trust the media. They have no conflict of interest here whatsoever since Pfizer makes the, is the, is the maker of the largest number of jabs out there. But of course. All right. Let's wander into something else to cover up to the end of the show here. Can I to, bring us down to the amount of stupid in the world for this to happen? We each have one thing. Yep. All right, here we go. Yep, a true ID10T here. Let's go with the true ID10T error. 
Load them up, load them up, load them up. Wow, so many costumes. Is someone hungry? I'm oh, hungry. And if I order delivery, I get five times the points. I don't Even on my busy fuck off. I was thinking, what the hell? That's not what I was looking at. Stupid yep. fucking ads. I'm starting to wonder. Oh, hey, Lachlan, are you ready for our trip to New Zealand? Yep. Got your bags? Yep. Got your passport? Yep. Double vaxxed up? Nah. What? That shit gives you ringworm. Where did you hear that? It's gone round in the circles. What circles? The forums. You need to be fully vaccinated to travel internationally. Yeah, well, I'm worried it's going to give me ringworm. That's valid. No one has gotten ringworm from the vaccine. All right, we're not going to watch the whole thing. That's enough. Okay. It, it goes on the same fucking round and round. And it's like, these idiots here are trying to make fun of it, I think. But they're not doing a very effective job. Not really, no. And they're doing a piss poor job of making fun of the thing. What they're actually making fun of is they're making fun of people who do research and come up with, hey, look, this study here says it causes heart problems. Well, you can't trust that study. Why not? You said trust the science. Well, that's not science. Well, wait a minute. It came from, it's a peer-reviewed study, proper study. Is not that science? No, that's not science. you got to trust this science. You, you, you can only trust the science we tell you you can trust. Not and that's the, the right problem. Science. you got to trust the right science, yes. Yeah. It's like I've seen that on my Facebook feed. It's like I don't talk on my Facebook feed for a very yeah, specific that's... reason because I am friended with a shitload of leftards and nutballs because I want to see what they say because I know the moment I pop off, they'll fucking unfriend me and I won't see their shit anymore. Exactly. And, you know, I really want to see their shit. And there's people on there that are highly intelligent. These are, like, nurses and skilled people. And it's like, I see their shit come out, and they're like, you know, well, you're such and such. You go do 10 minutes of research on the Internet, and you're an expert. It's like, no, I'm not an expert. I do 10 minutes on the Internet, and I find studies done by experts. <laughs> Do you not believe the experts that do these studies? Well, no, not those experts. Only our experts are truthful here. It's like, you see, the thing is, yeah. so the science is settled. No, real science is never, ever, ever settled. Because real science is questioning everything constantly. Even when they hit a what they think is a result, they go, well, well, let's check that result again. Maybe we missed something. That science is questioning it. That science is never settled. If science was settled, we'd still be living in caves with a fire that's only good for cooking something and scaring off animals because we'd have never, no, you can't, you, can't, you can't examine that fire because if you examine that fire, we can't harness that fire to do anything else. All it's good for is scaring animals and cooking, nothing else. I remember when I was a teenager, yeah. one of my favorite science teachers taught us that science is never a fact. It is a hypothesis. If it is not a hypothesis and is instead a fact, you're wrong. It's a theory. Yes. A hypothesis, a theory. There is no such thing as a fact in science. No. Because if it becomes a fact, it's no longer science. Now, um, what they say, uh, it's now philosophy, Yeah, I think is what they said. 
quite possibly philosophy. But yeah, it's like science is never settled. All right, let's go with a woman hires an assassin to kill her ex-husband on fake rent-a-hitmans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, she hired someone from a fake rent-a-hitman website, and now she's pleading guilty. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, honestly, like, if she was at all smart, she would have said... Of course, I knew it was fake. It was a it was a ploy because I thought it was entertaining. But no, she didn't even do that. She's like, yeah, I tried to kill my husband, and I expected a real result. And it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> probably really? Wants, probably wants her money back now. <laughs> probably. Oh my goodness! It's like, wow, people, what are you doing? There's a lot of stupid in the world. Oh, right. there was something I wanted to bring forth too. Um, it's under uh, the Great Reset, I think. Yeah, that's where we were going next. We yeah. Were, we were going, 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 going. So under things showing emergence of the Great Reset is where I I do like that song, though. <laughs> it is entertaining. It's so well done, too. It is so well done. I got to go steal a few more of those from the uh, No Agenda show. Sorry for stomping on the beginning of that. I couldn't hear it at first. That's all right. I was cutting you off anyway. You wanted to bring something here. Which one did you want from the Great Reset? A uh, number of Americans who say they won't have children keeps going up. Oh. It's the third one down. Well. I guess they're so, gonna gonna you know they don't have replacement value. They won't have uh, enough kids to carry on their lineage, and their lines will die. I'm happy to see their lines die from the world. Fortunately, well, that's just it. fortunately, my lineage is uh, semi-secured. I can't remember what the percent. I think it's like if up in the 40s now, whereas in 2018 it was like down in the in the low 30s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 44 percent now. 44% of 18 to 40, it's that they won't have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. It's an increase of 7% since 2018. So yeah. I find it interesting that people are just flat out saying, nah, I'm not going to have kids now. Yeah. But you take that number and you mix it with the amount of people who are unable to have kids now ever since they got the vax. Yep. That number is actually scary high. It's going to be scary, scary high. Well, the thing is, is all these people that said they're not going to have kids are probably vaxxed, too. They may be. Yeah, I, I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet if you correlated uh, all these people that said they're not going to have kids, if you correlated all of them in vaxxed, so they're not going to have kids anyway. So it doesn't matter. But you're, you're right. The number, the number of people who won't be able to have babies going forward is going to run into the 75 to 80% range. In fact, I should have snagged some of the stuff I've seen out there. 
unvaxxed sperm is in premium demand now. Oh, yeah. And there's women that are holding up signs that are looking for unvaxxed dick. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, all right, so unvaxxed men... If you are smart enough to not get a vaccine, well, if you're smart enough to get, not to get the vaccine, you have enough testosterone, you get the women anyway. But your your chances of getting laid just went dramatically higher. Oh, yeah. And you can make money for it, too. And you can make money selling your sperm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is something that I've kind of been keeping an eye on for a while because I know that, like, I personally know mm-hmm. three women who... They are trying to have children, but they got vaxxed. And ever since they got vaxxed, one of them has had five miscarriages. One of them has had two. Yeah. And another one was, a, I think she was about four months along, so she figured she was safe. And now she's lost a child. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yep. I know people who have who are now unable to have <clears throat> And I know people who have no interest in having children. Mm-hmm. But for people who have no interest, it's not such a big loss yeah. to suddenly not be able to. Yep. But for the people who are trying to have children and now can't, that's it's devastating. And now you take those two numbers and you mix them together. We're probably up in the like 85, 90 percent. We might be that high. It might fall in lines. Did you see that series on Amazon for um, what's it called? Um Oh, fuck, I can't remember it. It's a really bizarre series. I watched it. I'm pretty sure it's one that I recommended to you. Yeah. And yes, I watched it. Yeah, uh, the so one it's where, where they took a vaccine that cured everything yeah, and now it's, there's it's, no more children. It, it's starring John Cusack, man. He plays yeah. a really good fucking psycho. He does. He does a really good job at playing a psycho. Yes, oh, it, yeah. it's like it's like it's like almost like that was um preconditioning. I know. I've come across a lot of things like that. I like, like weird end of the yeah. world stuff, and well, I've seen so many and, things like that now. And that one like, there, oh, that yeah. movie there where they made it so that everybody wanted the vaccine, which is exactly what they've been doing with this fucking virus. Making yeah. everybody want it. And for those that don't want it, forcing it on their, forcing it down their throats. For those who don't want it, they end up on the fringes. Yeah, well. And, and fringes, it's a hard life, but you're free. That's right. Actually, it kind of reminds me of a book I read um, where the people who were on the fringe were still able to have children, raise their own children, but they were on the fringes. So, you know, they and like they could have pets, too, which is not something you could have in the main city. Yep. Very interesting. Um, But this is something I've kind of been keeping an eye on for quite a while now because, you know, kids, I have two kids. I like kids. I think that... Having kids is a good thing. If you don't want the kids, so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed since I was a kid, when I was a kid, other kid, other girls wanted kids before me. But once I became an adult, pretty much no girls around me wanted kids. And now I'm looking at the younger generation and not a lot of them want kids. Nope. It's a very interesting change that I have watched happen. Well, it's the programming that's been going out there for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's cover a couple of quick things, and then we'll run into our TikToks and call it a night. All right. All right. Inflation is so 
incredibly high right now. The elites have some suggestions for how you can save money this Thanksgiving. Oh, dear. I mean, after all, you want to save money. You know, inflation has gone insane. Anyone who's been paying attention to their grocery bill already knows this. In the last four months, groceries have climbed 40%. Which we knew was coming. We can expect another 30% over the next couple of months. You can expect 30% in the next couple of months. You expect another 60% over the next six months. Yeah. It's going at about 10% a month. All right. You know, inflation's there. Here we go. Example, NBC News is telling you to consider not buying a turkey in order to save some cash. Let's see wow. what they have to say. And while we are on the topic of something that could be controversial, perhaps forego the turkey. Bear with me. Ooh. I know that is the staple of the Thanksgiving meal. However, some people think turkey is overrated. And so it tends to be the most expensive thing on the table. Maybe you do an Italian feast instead. And I will say this. If you tell everyone you're having a Thanksgiving without turkey, some guests may drop off the list. And that's a way to cut costs, too. <coughs> wow. <coughs> that's special. That's so special. <laughs> Have an Italian food feast. Don't get picked feast. up off the list. Wow. Well, those are fair weather people. Yep. Those are those are your best friends, man. I'm not having a turkey. Oh, well, I think I've got something better to do that day. Thanks. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you weren't really interested in coming over to just be friends and have a good time, were you? No, you fucking dick. Go away. I didn't want you anyway. Yep. It's like, you know, and then they've got try the alternative. Soybean-based products like oh Beyond All Meat or Beyond Impossible Meat or whatever the fuck that crap's called. Ugh, shoot me now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, it's like I couldn't believe this. You know, the traditional Thanksgiving turkey dinner for 10 people in 2021 is at least 14% higher than a year ago. Which Not is... Not surprising. No. Actually, what is surprising, that's only 14%. That's only 14%. But the soybean-based dinners are still affordable. Of course. Or you could just eat bugs this year. Bugs. Mmm, bugs. I wish I had that. I wish I had that clip here. Bugs, yum, yum. Tastes like poop. Properly chocolate-covered, fried-up crickets taste great. Mm. Crickets, grasshoppers. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not going to eat bugs. I'm sorry. I will have to be literally starving before I eat bugs. It's not going to happen to me. I will. I will fucking eat fucking raccoon before I eat bugs. I hear raccoon is pretty shitty to eat. Really, I thought they would taste pretty decent considering how fat they are from eating everything. They're trash pandas, man. Yep. Nice and fat. Yeah, but but you got to remember that taints the flavor of the meat. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Whatever they eat flavors their meat. Grilled locust salad. Mmm, yum. <laughs> oh. Mealworms, no. man. Mealworms. Yum, yum. No, Grubs. Not for humans. Grubs. Well, the lizards are the ones trying to sell us that. Ground in the flour for bread and biscuits. Meat substitute and sausage. Uh-huh. 
dried and put in curries. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Mealworms yeah, are beetle larvae. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Ugh. They're ugly okay, looking. They're bugs, to my, man. To my lizard and my snakes, but those are my lizards and my snakes. They like that well, shit. You know, I don't lizards, know. The lizards and the snakes have been running the fucking planet. You know, they really want to have their food out there for everybody to eat. They want to share. Oh yeah. Oh. Let's go to TikTok. Uh, let's go to TikToks. And actually, I've got one thing I want to do here. I've got to do this. Right. <clears throat> Does it involve maggots? No, it involves okay. tomorrow. Okay, this is a new hole, a new rabbit hole. I've just started going down, and I only have two things this week. Okay. It is Tomorrowland, Decentraland, and the Metaverse. I was wondering about that. What is this about? This new topic. Uh, this is our. This is the future, unfortunately. As much as I don't want it to be, it is the future. And I'm trying to avoid it, but I don't think we're going to avoid this entirely. If we continue on the path we're on, this is where we're going. Ah. Uh. The own nothing and be happy. The own nothing and be happy. Do you know what? Um, oh fuck! What the fuck was that? Um, Second Life. Mm -hmm. This is Second Life rebooted. Oh shit! And this is what they're trying. This is the open source version of what Zuckerberg recently put out all those videos on when he changed the name of Facecrack to Meta. This is the open source version of Meta. And it's got a marketplace, a builder, docs, events, things like this where everyone comes in with their, with their fucking uh, avatars and whatever in this world. And it's, I think, think unless something changes real soon they've even got their own cryptocurrency and their own um, nfts and all this other crap this is something i'm going to be digging deeper and deeper into week after week i tripped over this while looking through stuff on tomorrowland if you want a world a history of what the thinkers have put out about the world. Watch the movie Tomorrowland. All right. One other item. Something is fucked here, and it's all about an AI, and it's downright scary in many aspects. This is the DAO about Decentraland. Help govern Decentraland. Okay. And what they do is you go in and you vote on things. Democracy. Now, this one here struck me as to something that happened to my boys when they were playing a game and they got to vote on their government in this game. And what happened was some guy came in who was charismatic and convinced them to vote in communism. He said peace. Peace. He said peace and prosperity. Okay. 
more defenses, security, freedom. Okay, they're they're telling me about it right now as I'm repeating. Of course. And what happened was it turned into full blown communism, and they had to have an uprising and a full blown rebellion to pull him from office in the game, so that they could restore democracy to the game. Wow. Can you hear that? You had to pay. No. They had to, they had to wear a mask to go into buildings. You had to pay. They had to, pay to travel they had to, anywhere. They had to pay to travel anywhere. For chatting. For chatting. You had to pay they had to pay for chatting, for paying every minute. This is the shit that the guy who took over the game did. Also, the, the mask that you had to wear was his face. The mask you had to wear was his face. They're, they're called happy masks. <laughs> they're called happy masks. Wow. See, so every time I think about this shit, I think about their little microcosm of the game they were playing Mm -hmm. and how it proved out you can vote in communism, but you got to fight your fucking way out of it. Oh, yeah. You absolutely do. It's been proven multiple times in our history. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just so, I was so, I was like, wow, I hope to God everybody that was playing that game learned that lesson. Yeah, they probably didn't, but you know. No, some of them did. I made sure they did. All right. Yeah. It's TikTok time. Let's go TikToks and get the fuck out of here. All right. All right. TikToks, TikToks, here we come. What do we got for TikToks this week? Credo side? Appropriately weird and twisted ones. Oh, of course they are. They probably came from the same child. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need sound. Oh, um... No, I need sound. It takes a minute for it to fucking react. And the only rat poisoned and religion. Credicide. Here's how it works. Let's go back to the game. Rats, rats, rats. You've tried trapping them, poisoning them. You've even tried bribing them. It's time you tried the only rat poison that harnesses the power of religion. Credicide. Here's how it works. First, unwrap your Credicide decoy rat. Next, release the decoy into your wall. The imposter rat will locate the rat nest and disguise himself as the son of a monotheistic supreme being. He will share his message of love and charity while performing miracles and preaching a gospel in opposition to conventional rat law. He will then be executed and reborn, causing rats everywhere to pray to him. As the Christian rat develops a following, simply insert a second decoy rat into a different part of your home. He will find another group of rats and claim to have transcribed the literal word of God. Eager to worship the one true rat God, the rats will submit to Sharia, or the way. At this point, the Christian rats will get wind of a nearby group of rats that has not yet heard the word of their Lord. They will invite the Muslim rats to worship the rat Christ. The Muslim rats will reject their offer. And the Christian rats will attack in order to reclaim the Holy Land and convert the Muslim rats. The Muslim rats will respond with a series of guerrilla attacks meant to weaken the Christian rats' resolve. This will ignite an epic holy war in your walls that should last for about 72 hours. Or until your home is 100% rat-free. My rodent problem is over. Plus, I can feel good knowing that my rats are dying for something they believe in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there are some really warped people out there. 
1812 video for arrogant worms? Oh, crap. Yeah, the kid didn't even know it was arrogant worms, but... Well, you know. Madison was mad. He was the president, you know. Oh, this is actually not ar arrogant worms. Oh, it, is it not? It's three dead trolls. Is it three trolls? Okay. three dead trolls. Well, he thought he'd tell the British where they ought to go. He thought he'd invade Canada. He thought that he was tough. Instead, we went to Washington and burned down all his stuff in the White House. Burn, 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 and we're the ones that did it. It burned, burn, burn, while the president ran and cried. It burned, burn, burn, and things were very historical. And Americans ran and cried like a bunch of little babies. Wah, 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 in the War of 1812. Billy from Kentucky, dressed in green and red, left home to fight in Canada, but they returned home dead. It's the only war the Yankees lost, except for Vietnam, and also the Alamo, right, and the Bay of Ham. The loser was America, the winner was ourselves. So join right in and gloat about the War of 1812 in the White House. Burn, 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 and we're the ones that did it. They burn, 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 while the president ran. Sitting around, minding our own business, putting crops into the ground. We heard the soldiers coming and we didn't like that sound. So we took a boat to Washington and burned it to the ground. Oh, we fired our guns, but the Yankees kept it coming. There wasn't quite as many as there was a while ago. We fired once more and the Yankees started running down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. Whoa, 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 whoa. They ran through the snow when they ran through the forest. They ran through the bushes where the beavers wouldn't go. They ran so fast they forgot to take their culture back to America and Gulf and Texaco. Whoa, whoa. So, if you go to Washington, it's buildings clean and nice. Bring a pack of matches and we'll burn the White House twice in the White House. I like that song. It's one of my favorite songs. I love that. that song. I've been listening to that for 20 years, man. Me too. <laughs> yes, I know, because I introduced you to it. You sure did. And I drove my uh, I drove people nuts listening to it when I was outside of Canada. Yeah. Especially when I was in the U.S. Yeah, well, they don't. They don't, the Americans don't like being reminded of the War of 1812. Oh, they really don't, because it wasn't really a war. They just kind of got attacked. They got their asses kicked, basically. <laughs> they actually burned down the White House. Yes, they this burned down the White House. 
The White right, House was so. burned down. That's why it's called the White House now, because after the War of 1812, it was all black. They had to repaint it white because it didn't yep. it wasn't white before the War of 1812. But after it was burned, they painted they repainted it white. And that's how it became, got the name of the White House. Yep. <laughs> I thought we actually did burn it twice, so. Uh, maybe. Try your best to become friends with them, or at the very least, show an interest. Cameron Geller occasionally gets late. Guys, it's great on the first couple dates to share what you're interested in, but you don't end up just ranting about something that doesn't interest her. If she's just nodding along and she's not asking follow-up questions, it might be a good time to ask her what she's interested in. Cameron Geller occasionally gets late. <laughs> if you're hoping to have a girl sleep over, you should have multiple pillows. Cameron Geller, follow for more quotes to help you occasionally get late. <laughs> it does start out with if the girl has a cat or dog try your hardest to make friends with them yeah well <laughs> i could give two fucks about that no if you if you want to get laid dudes just be a fucking alpha male Pretty much. <laughs> all right bully and disney let's see what we got you won't want to play the whole thing okay you know what like the disney voice audio things that we have now the text-to-speech things how they couldn't say words like gay and, and lesbian and whatnot. <laughs> well, now they can. <laughs> and I'm just really proud of us for bullying Disney into fixing that. <laughs> oh, dear God. All right. That kid is so stoned. <laughs> yes. Sharon Post, Facebook scientist. All right. Yep, you'll <clears throat> love this. If doctors are such experts, how come so many people who go to hospitals end up dead? Sharon Posts, Facebook scientist. Oh, you trust modern medicine? Well, I'm the admin for seven Facebook groups that'll make you second guess that. Sharon Posts, Facebook scientist. <laughs> I have sources. Susan down the road's ex-husband used to be a fish veterinarian. Sharon Posts, follow for more Facebook facts. Oh, dear God. 2022 could be worse than 2020. Probably will be. Yeah, before you press play on this, I actually found it interesting. He links it to Nostradamus. All right. Let's go. 2022 has the potential to be worse than 2020. Know what you're thinking? How? But here, my friends, are some terrifying 2022 prophecies. But these all come from Nostradamus. He's famous for having very accurate predictions of the modern day. But you better hope that he's wrong about next year's. For SARS, we have the Great LA Quake. Nostradamus believed that the next time this seismic danger will assert itself will be in the Los Angeles area in 2022 in January. Oh, yeah, great way to start the year. Happy New Year. Oh, fuck. Only would this quake devastate the West Coast, but the whole of America would be impacted. Next up, he says an asteroid shower will damage Earth. Now, don't worry, he doesn't say this is world ending. It's pretty close, though. He says a great fire will fall from the skies for three nights. He also goes on to say that there could be a large enough rock to fall into the ocean, causing massive tidal waves and mass destruction. Oh, brilliant. Also, while I've got you on the edge of your seat for the last two, I'm currently uploading more TikTok content on my YouTube as shorts. Oh, yeah, and vlogs, so subscribe. All right. That one there makes me want to go look up Nostradamus' quatrains for 2022. I actually have a book of his quatrains. It's beautifully translated. I finally found it while I'm packing. Oh, good. And I have read that one uh, for the fire falling. He doesn't say 2022, obviously. Well, he never says what year precisely, but he gives you enough information you can discern the approximate yeah. year. And the and thing is... The thing is, is Sorry. dealing with the fireballs falling from the sky or the meteorites, there's two times a year that our planet is at massive risk for that. Yes. 
And one is the um, Leonids that we just went through, the Leonids. And then the other is the Pleiades. I think it's the Pleiades ones, which happen in August. Because yeah. we're actually going through two major comet tails of leftover asteroid crap. And there are still, scientists believe, there's still some very large chunks in those tails that we haven't yet drawn to Earth. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's something I didn't know about. I, I'd seen it in video games and other things, but I didn't actually know it was real. In the 1800s, did you know there was a three-day massive meteor shower that happened in the 1800s? that the meteor showers were coming down at a rate of 150 per minute. No, I didn't know that. I didn't either. And I, what, what caught me on it and what made me do the research was I watched a movie. I watched a series of videos that I got from uh, your Uncle Ray. It's called Into the West. It's a short miniseries about the U.S. colonization of the West from... 1820 to 1900 and it follows a couple of uh, a couple of uh, not mythical but um, um, what's the word you're looking for not mythical but uh, when you're creating something out of nothing um, a couple of families that don't exist but it follows a couple of families that don't exist in real history but the whole history of everything is true and accurate. Okay, so fictional families That's with a fictional family. accurate history. Fictional families with 100% accurate history of, cool. of the transversing of going to the West. And one of the things they did was they showed this meteor shower, and I'm like, did that really happen? Because I've seen it. You, you can see it in Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And Red Dead Redemption shows that. And it's like, you know, it's like, and many other things I've seen it in, it's like, oh, and then I started looking it up, and it, sure enough, it happened in the 1800s. And it was a That's massive, it was, it, and it happened when we went through the August meteor shower. Because it happened in August, because the meteor shower that happens in November is the Leonids, which is miserable winter weather. But the August ones are the most gorgeous summer weather, which I have beautiful memories of the i can't remember what meteor it is that's that we go through in august <clears throat> but yes so, so it's yeah it's really quite interesting how many video games show true history oh god many video games show true history amazing like some of some of the video games that i've played the history that is portrayed in it wow 100 percent accurate amazing. The yeah. Perseids, that's, that's the ones. The Perseids are the meteor shower in, uh, in August. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's, the history is amazing, but they, they, they present it to you in such a way. It's like I know so much about Egyptian history because there was a game I played. I can't remember what it's called now, but it was all about building the pyramids and everything else. But the history that was in the game was 100% accurate. Um. A friend of mine plays Assassin's Creed, yeah. and there's an Assassin's Creed that's about the Viking history, and mm. it is 100% accurate as best we know it. Mm -hmm. Quite amazing. Yeah, some of well, game, games are the guy. The stuff that goes into video games is amazing. If you if you don't take it for just the game, you look at the other stuff that goes into it.
All right, here's our last one. Let's go look at how we broke humanity. This wouldn't surprise me in the least. All right, let's get it over here on the wrong page. I loaded it on the wrong page. There we go. All right, we broke humanity. It looks like Minecraft. All right. You know you're going to school when one of these pull up. Do you ever just wonder what the internet would be like if people hadn't been locked inside their homes for a year? Because I can't imagine shit like this existing had coronavirus never happened. Like here's a meme before quarantine, and here's a meme after quarantine. I think we broke humanity. You know you're going to school when one of these pull up. Do you ever just wonder what the internet would be like if people hadn't been locked inside their homes for a year? Because I can't imagine shit like this existing had coronavirus never happened. Like here's a meme before quarantine, and here's a meme after. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's broke. They kind of have a point. <laughs> they, they do have a point. All right. On that happy note, I think we will just close it on out tonight. Let's have a little music to carry us out. Show's over. All right. These are the days of thunder. We're gonna make time stand still. Thank you.